In a world where best laid plans go astray, there are two separate but equally important groups. Those who create history with their stupidity and the shit show podcast that covers them. These are their stories. Hello and welcome back to Shit Show. Yeah. Your favorite podcast, uh, asterisk, uh, about the <laughs> times in life when things go completely fucking wrong. So you are joined by uh, your host, uh, Rig City. How are we, mate? Morning. Could be morning, could be afternoon, could, <laughs> could be, be night. This is on-demand uh, streaming. Absolutely. Hello, mate. It's great to be back uh, yet again for another week. Absolutely. So uh, this is Shit Show, a weekly podcast uh, covering uh, events and uh, instances where the wheels really come off things. And uh, we go through a series of segments, uh, which uh, Rig will have this week. And then mm-hmm. I'll finish off with a uh, slightly media story that I have been consuming piece by piece, <laughs> paragraph by paragraph uh, this week in, uh, in preparation. So, Rig, we're going to kick straight into it with Trainwreck Trophy. Uh, you've gone away and you have put uh, the word Trainwreck wreck into Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've trolled through news. You've found a series of things. Some of them fit for the air. Some of yep. them not. Some of them yep. end up on our Twitter <laughs> at Shitshowcast. Uh, but in the meantime, Delish. In, in the meantime, <laughs> you've got three. So drop the first one on me. Right. So the first one we've got for this week comes from Florida. So we're in Manatee County, which I find hilarious off the bat that you've named a county after the sea cow. Yeah, the perfect. humble yet noble sea cow. It's uh, that they've got they've got a face for radio. They'll be our next guest. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so <laughs> that's what I assume a sea cow sounds like. So well, we can't interview. We're in we're in Manatee County, Florida. Now, as you would have uh, seen all over the news and stuff, we I don't know, watch news. America has been dealing with a whole bunch of ridiculous shit. It's just, I don't, I don't I mean, know okay, I would call okay. Kim Jong-un ridiculous shit. No, He's no, already no, unhinged. So, I mean, I, I mean environmentally. Okay. They've been absolutely battered. So they've had Hurricane Harvey that has come and swept through through Texas and Louisiana. Yep. And then right behind it was Hurricane Irma, which was apparently even worse, Category 5 storm. Yep. It ha- was, Harvey's disgruntled ex-wife. Yep. And, and it's... It's it's always tough in in times like these uh, when 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 a big natural disaster like this happens and it affects a lot of people, but people want to know information as it comes to hand, and a lot of those people may not uh, may not be able to hear, so they'll need to see. They'll need to see, and they'll Correct. need to see stuff on TV Go on. through sign language or read braille, which but is where tough tough which, to get that up to date. Yeah. Print is not being known. Uh, print is not known for being uh, quite so quick. Yep. So, a lot of people have uh, have been displaced, and then people have had to come out, go on TV, and be like, "Look, this is what we're going to do about Hurricane Irma. All the problems that have happened from it. We need an ASL person to come on and do." Sign language for all these deaf people that might be affected. Oh, that's gone traditionally very poorly. And it goes poorly here. Oh, man. So they can't find a person that is able to help during this big disaster. So they're just like, they've literally gone out and they've gone, is anybody here deaf or no sign language? Well, I mean, they obviously haven't said, is anyone I, here I, deaf? I, I can, and not I can done see any sign language. a significant <laughs> issue with this. <laughs> but... They've, if, they've, you, if you could, if you could see what I'm doing right now in the studio, it is me uh, miming words at Rick. <laughs> it's I'm doing the cube thing, pretending <laughs> like I'm stuck in the box. So they've gone around and they've just like, who can help us out here? 
And this one guy puts his hand up. The guy's name is Marshall Green. He has a deaf brother. Mm. So that apparently makes him qualified to sign to a whole bunch of people on the fly. Oh, a bunch of words that, top he, 1%. that he might not be uh, too, too knowledgeable oh, oh, with. So yeah. members of the deaf community said Green mostly signed gibberish, referencing pizza, monsters, and using the <laughs> phrase... Using the phrase, help you at that time to use bear big <laughs> during so, the event. He's mostly been communicating with uh, with uh, Russian ex-Olympians, yeah. as we can see. <laughs> if you'll excuse me, I need to go fight bear. So other information signed to viewers apparently was either incomplete or incomprehensible, mm. according, uh, according to the experts. The county typically uses a company called Viscom, which ends up, you know, they're, they're actually organ- organizations I've seen their logo. where they, yeah, it's organizations where they obviously have these people on hand who are fluent in ASL to go out and do these things in, in these sorts of uh, environments. Like, obviously, like, obviously like you would in it. any other business where you require a trained professional. So they've absolutely shat the bed and put this dude on there and everyone thinks that there are pizza monsters running oh. around in the wake of Hurricane Irma. That's that is awesome. Did uh, did you see the uh, the Fox interview where um, it would have been would have been Harvey and uh, and they've gone looking for someone terrified so that they oh, can oh yeah I've seen that so, so that they can they can interview them and, and be mm. like be like what are you doing still here everyone's evacuated they run into a professor of meteorology who proceeds to tell them that uh, that yeah the worst of it's actually uh, actually gone it's bearing south by southwest at this uh, longitude oh. and, and the and the reporter just looks at the cameraman and is like. <laughs> gives gives the get the fuck out hand really? signal, uh, and that is live. And it's Yowza. like, nope, didn't do that one. <laughs> Alrighty, what's the second one? So that's the first one. The second one, I'm just going to show you a picture right there, and this is going to go up on our Twitter feed. Uh, oh, that's uh, Zach Braff. That is. It's Zach Braff next to a wall of Cyrillic text and numbers. The reason why this has been in the news this week and why it's such a train wreck is Zach Braff has gone away and and he's just said, righto, turns out <laughs> that uh, that I'm a bit of a big deal in Russia. Right. Oh man. But he's How's he's this for a thread. No, but he's he's saying it definitely in a in a self defeating way. Okay. He's he in his actual tweet, he just had a that emoji where the guy's got a hand on his face. Oh, okay. To say he's... because. Zach Braff, known as Dr. J- uh, John Dorian JD from Scrubs, yep. is exactly who's who's put on the poster. It's, mm-hmm. it's not it's not Zach Braff in the sense that it's Zach Braff the actor. It's, no, it's, Zach it's, Braff it's, in it's, character. it's JD from Scrubs. It's JD from Scrubs next to a wall of Cyrillic text. Someone replies to him and says, I don't know if you know this, uh, but this is an ad, and it's an ad for erectile dysfunction pills. Oh, no. <laughs> And they and and is that like have they gone? This is a doctor. Yeah, basically. That they got. And they so, got. They they just they just googled. I, I mean, I don't know if it says that in Russian. Doctors. It's like this is doctor, not bear. <laughs> Take pills. Strong penis. This doctor sex. Yeah. yeah. And so nice. that's basically what's ha- what's happened. People are, are coming out of the woodwork. Uh, Russian people who who speak English. Yep. Amazing tweets come in. We love you here in Russia, even if your penis doesn't work anymore. <laughs> yeah, fair. Uh, First cut's the deepest. Lol, in Russia, Zach Braff reinstates masculine strength, which I'm pretty sure is a <laughs> euphemism for curing impotence. And apparently, 
that's not even the worst of it, uh, and it's not even that uncommon. Not only for other celebrities, but Zach Braff. So there's actually this is a photo of another ad featuring Zach Braff, where apparently this is about repairing computers. What the fuck? <laughs> it's, it, it, sure, surely one bloke. That, so this, that is this that is, is legit, one person trolling the whole net. That is legit. Like him on the cover of GQ, yeah. either, either that or a headshot, yeah. And uh, and it's an advertisement, like a, a tear away that you would find on a, ter- a telegraph pole for guitar lessons. Yeah, and it's about computer repair, and it's got a picture of Zach Braff. All of a sudden, all these people start putting in stuff uh, <laughs> of, of crazy shit they've seen in Russia, where they've used celebrities to just be like, "Oh man, hey, do this stuff." So this, and that's that's a high bar. Yeah. So we've we've got Ben Barnes here advertising computer repair. Uh, we've got Zac Efron doing computer repair. <laughs> we've got Bill Gates doing computer repair. At least that's a bit more on the nose. Yeah. What? <laughs> I, I don't want to shit on uh, Zach Braff's computer skills, uh, but yeah. Bill Gates is probably ahead of him. Oh, definitely. Uh, there's Britney Spears advertising a kebab shop. <laughs> <laughs> She's literally, they photoshopped her holding a kebab. I'm going to... Sh- I'm going to show it to you. Look at that. <laughs> that is one of the worst Photoshop ever. That... It's, it's a man's hand. Yeah. It's a man's hand. Let's not beat around the bush. Uh, and someone else even goes, that's nothing. Threw up a picture of, uh, of a billboard that, that's up in India. And it's, it's got uh, the, the words of Nelson Mandela. The photo is of Morgan Freeman. Oh, yes. I've seen that. <laughs> I've seen that. That is on the way to Joburg, I think. Yeah. Uh no 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 so that that's uh that that's in India not South Africa that billboard did you say into Joburg no I'm pretty sure you said that no I mean like the Joburg in India right of course all right let's move on <laughs> twenty minutes out from Mumbai lies the sleepy village of Joburg India uh so the final one I really think you're gonna like this one so well I've liked the first two. If it, if it's more if it's more Russian links, then we've got the trifecta. So, a lot of big business in America is done through through credit bureaus. Mm-hmm. So it's people who monitor your credit system. You know, it's a huge thing over there. You don't want to have bad credit. You got to have good credit to get loans or do pretty much anything financial in the U.S. Yeah, you want to make sure that your credit reports are up to scratch every time you go in and make a major financial decision. So they have these large corporations that are set up to monitor your credit actively and to also that also kind of makes sure that no one is kind of doing anything with your credit report. One such company is called Equifax. Now, Equifax has been in the news recently because they have been breached. They've been hacked, and the details of 143 million people in the US oh, has come out. That's like, if you're a financial institution, you've really only got, yeah. you've only got one, one major job. Yeah, so don't, don't get hacked and lose everyone's money. So, I mean, I mean, remember they are just a credit bureau. Yeah, uh, but. At, Still, at, at it's, the, very sens- the, it's very sensitive. Just because they don't have the money, yeah. does does not mean that uh, that <laughs> they cannot leak information that will seriously impact on people's absolutely. Ability to get. They they do have, without question, very very sensitive information and details about millions and millions of people. Correct. So when this breach happens, which can be used for identity fraud, yeah. So this breach happens, and if you want to combat identity fraud. There's one place you've got to turn. Oh, please don't say LifeLock. LifeLock, oh. baby. LifeLock. <laughs> for, any, for, for, people, for people who are like, 
why you guys saying this like it's an in joke. Um, that's because it is an in joke. That's because we uh, we did a pilot that never made the air. Where LifeLock, uh, <laughs> it didn't make the air because uh, we may have been drinking at the time, and also it may have just been us discussing what an absolute shit show LifeLock is for yep. about an hour and a half. Yeah, um, LifeLock in a nutshell, rig. In a nutshell, it's a it's it's a company that prevents identity fraud. Mm. So it has at its disposal a bunch of tools in order to stop cyber criminals or potential cyber criminals accessing your data. Yeah. But as we found out through my extensive piece on LifeLock, a lot of the tools that they use are outdated. They don't actually make things as secure <laughs> as they say they are. Sure don't. It's a real shit show. And they they famously ran an advertising campaign where the CEO, Todd Davis, would appear on billboards, the bloody sides of buses, park benches, everything with a picture of his face and it would say, my name is Todd Davis, this is my social security number and it was printed there and that was meant to tell people and assure people that we are so good and we have so much faith in our system that I'm giving you my social security number and our tools will stop anyone from stealing my identity. Of course, as we found out, it backfired in a horrible way. Ugh. His identity was stolen like 40 times. So, so many times. But but also, there was no reason for that to be his real social security number. Yeah, he There was absolutely no reason for it. Yeah, there wasn't. He, he could have done the old, uh, the old hot girl at the club and just made one digit wrong. 555 Five. Seven, two, one. <laughs> uh, that's too many numbers. Uh, cool, oh, four, man. one. <laughs> f- <laughs> fuck. I'm going to dial it right in front of your face. It's, Those yeah. dudes are so creepy. Yeah. But, well, one of one of our mates from uh, from Footy, I'll explain uh, that, that story after this, but yeah. So what happens is LifeLock come to the rescue. That They, they, they sense... They sense that they're going to make a killing out of this because there's been a huge breach. It's been covered by all the national rags. So it's all happening. <laughs> so it's all happening. All, all the reputable pieces of toilet paper. Absolutely. So they're just like, yes, this is happening. And so they, they just jumped onto the back of it and they were just like, come to LifeLock. This never would have happened. Oh, my God. This never would have happened. Yeah, if, it uh, it's happened if, all the time. If, if you're with, Life, if you're LifeLock. with LifeLock, sign up now so you don't, you know, get exposed, whatever. <laughs> So as they found, <laughs> so your social security number doesn't end up on a billboard. Yeah. So as a as a response, LifeLock's web traffic increased sixfold. Great. Don't and, think they have the capacity for that. And enrolments per hour were running uh, ten times ahead of the the pre breach period. What happens though, and what isn't in their advertising is remember how I told you there's a whole bunch of tools that they use. Yeah. One of those tools is credit monitoring and reporting. Oh, no. Who no, do they, no, 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 no. Who do they use? <laughs> Equifax. Oh, my God. Equifax is who they use to do their credit monitoring and supporting. You can't the close the loop. The same exact place oh, that just had a breach to the tune of 143 million customers and their sensitive data. How's opening the door? That's it. Oh, dude. And that is train wreck number three. Fuck. So... You can't just be like, oh, what's that knock at the door? Mm, looks like hackers. I'm going to assume it's children. <laughs> Come on in, children. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So that's basically oh, man. what has happened. So <sighs> that, that, is, that is train wreck number three. So we have 
Train wreck number one, the sign language interpreter. Yeah. Old Marshall, who's a lifeguard, by the way, mm. who has a deaf brother and thinks he can make the best out of a shit situation. We've got Zach Braff discovering that he's uh, selling the equivalent of horny goat weed in Russia. <laughs> and then we've got we've got LifeLock, who have taken advantage of Equifax's breach of data and then have tried to sell people Equifax products. Oh, man. That is... Strong. Okay, so uh, so here's the go. Um, it's not going to be number two, and I'll tell you why. Because 107%, that is Zach Braff drumming up his own publicity. <laughs> He's got some Russian IPs. He is, he, and, and also, I guarantee if you look closely... You've got to pay the bills, baby. Oh, when was man. the last time you saw him on the screen? I was, I was about to I thought you were about to be like, when was the last time you were in a hit TV show? <laughs> Fuck you, Rig, is when. <laughs> um, the... Uh, so it's down to it's down to one or three, and I have a real soft spot for one of these, and it's not getting my credit stolen. <laughs> <laughs> At my own wedding, my mum and dad got up to give a speech, and uh, it was shortly after uh, Nelson Mandela's funeral, yeah, um, where there was uh, quite famously yep. a a uh, an ASL um, signer yeah, who yeah. Uh, who did not do a a ripping job. No. Um, neither of my parents can sign, but for some reason, during my dad's speech, my mum got up three weeks after Nelson Mandela's funeral and started signing my dad's speech, which I imagine was what? about the level of proficiency that Marshall Green had when he started talking <laughs> about monsters, pizza, and basically explaining to Russians that it was time to go fight bear. <laughs> so the train wreck trophy, actual story, uh, was uh, he's going to number one this week. It's going to uh, Marshall Green. Number one. Congratulations, Marshall Green and the state of Florida, Manatee County, Florida. Yeah. You've won your first train wreck trophy. Seacow County. Here's, here's hoping it's the first of many. Play the music. Train wreck. Train wreck. Train wreck. Trophy. Boom. And that is the anthem. So that uh, brings us to... You know what it brings uh, us to. You know what it brings us to. Look, I'm I'm more excited about this week's poos in the news than I have been about any other poos in the news. Why but is that? less excited <laughs> than all other things I've ever learned or heard. I've got a feeling that you're that excited because people have been messaging us for the Fucking last hell. two it's, days. It's I I've basically had to turn off notifications on on Facebook. And and here's the thing: if you're listening to the show. Thank you for getting involved. Thank you for sending us things. If you know uh, Rig and I and, uh, and you want to tag us both in a thread uh, with uh, a piece of content, know that there is going to be a situation where someone has the segments and the other person is going to aggressively avoid that piece of information <laughs> while, while I get messages from Rig like, don't fucking read that thing that we just got sent. <laughs> <laughs> like they, 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 you, they're just getting more and more aggressive. If you read that, I'm going to fucking cut you. It's just... <laughs> I've, I've received more personal threats today from Rig than I have in our entire career working together, and yeah. he has really threatened me quite a bit <laughs> over the course of our career. So steady incline. So yes, poos in the news. What is this thing? I've been avoiding it, but now I'm intrigued. First of all, I've just got to give a shout out to some of the people who have sent messages. Oh, it's uh, our whole Facebook. To me, uh, quick shout out to Mr. James Davey. Shout out to Hugh Greenwood, yep. a.k.a. Green Dick, and his lovely girlfriend, Bridget Webb, a.k.a. Lady Green Dick. 
And uh, of course, Josh Hazelwood, good friend of the show, Josh Hazelwood and Steve Davis. We're going to move on. They all know. They all know where this is going. Yeah, which is something they don't have in common with you. I think I must be the only person. But uh, you know what? I'm all ears. What a great segment. Well, here we go. Just fucking kidding. Tell me. Colorado Springs. Still hate this. Colorado Springs is where we are. Okay. A very <laughs> unlikely trip over the pond from the UK where most of these stem from. <laughs> so we're in Colorado Springs. There are a bunch of kids. I thought we agreed we wouldn't do these about kids. They're at the window. Okay. They're, they're playing in their room and then they suddenly look out the window and there's a woman in active wear taking a shit oh, oh. right next to their house. What? The kids run to their mother. Uh, hold on. A, 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 like a, a elderly woman? No. Like an active woman in her 30s oh, by the looks of things. It's too young to be doing that. They walk over to their mother, Kathy Buddy, <laughs> and they say, Mum, it is. Say, Mum, there is a woman going potty outside the window. <laughs> She's like, no way, are you serious? So she goes over to the window. Sure enough, the girl is still there, active wear tights around her ankles and still going to town right next to their house. Oh, man. The woman opens the window. This could go anywhere. The woman opens the window and says, are you really taking a poop right here in front of my kids? Yeah. Sorry, the woman replies. Buddy... Is mortified, as you would expect. Yeah. She kind of assumed the woman was like, got taken short for a toilet. Yeah. And was, you know, going to come back with like a dog bag and like pick it up. No. That's where the story should end. But it doesn't end because it keeps happening next to the (laughs) same family's house. (laughs) What? And she apparently... Not only that, it's premeditated because she brings her own napkins to wipe. Is, is, hold on. Is this the first time? So so she got busted the first time. She hasn't been busted. She just keeps going around and doing it. And they never can get like a photo of her that's good enough to show the police and be like, yeah, this woman is a, is a crazy person who is shitting uh, in front of our house. She's not a crazy person. She's an evil genius. Other families, co- other families come forward. They're like, she's shitting in front of our house too. It now becomes some weird fucking support group because all these families are having their houses shit in front of by this by this woman. Who, who, whose whole life has become just eating fibre so she can shit on seven different lawns. At least once a week for the past seven weeks. The Colorado family and now people at large, thank you, internet, call her the mad pooper. Oh, that's what that bit meant. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did see the end of the uh, of the headline a couple of times. Mad pooper. Um, she, ha, is she's she's still at large, right? Yeah. So they've she's been caught mid act three times. Okay. Buddy has posted flyers addressed to the female jogger that continuously uses our walkway as her toilet. <laughs> And tells it's her a, tells it, her that there's a park with toilets across from their house, and there's other places to do it. Uh, the, the, the only problem is that that flyer actually has a picture of Zach Braff on it, <laughs> <laughs> just heaps of Russian on it. Uh, so she is still at large, and Lieutenant Howard Black of the of the local constabulary 
said that in his 35 years with the Colorado Springs Police Department, he's never seen anything quite like the mad pooper. This has been comical. <laughs> oh, you bet it has. But I also don't want to be flip about it. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a serious, serious issue. And and if she's got something wrong, then we want her to get help. Uh they're, they're currently trying to identify the woman. There's bathrooms everywhere, right? There's bathroom access across the street. There is a nearby park and a gas station. Sure. All within running distance because she's running in, like, activewear. She has a smorgasbord of options. Yeah. And it's just... <laughs> this is a quote from Buddy. I put a sign on the wall. It's like, please, I'm begging you. Please stop for the good of my family. <laughs> oh my she ran God. by, like, 15 times yesterday and still pooped. <laughs> It's like, it's intentional. Like, she's got, like, a fucking vendetta against these families just dropping deuces like nobody's business. Who takes that many shits, though? No, you, you can't. You can't. That, that, so much Metamucil. Oh, man. You, you mark my words, Rick. This is not the last that we're going to hear of the mad pooper. This, this feels like... The poo bomber. Uh, it, it, it does feel like the poo bomber. It, it, it feels like the start... Um, the first piece of evidence um, in in just a psychopath run of, of shitting. Like you can't you can't do that on that many people's houses without having a a neighbourhood vendetta. Mate, we've yeah, absolutely. It's 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 a revenge shit because it's effort. You got to yeah. have no job. You got to spend a lot a lot of time. You've heard of the a concept l- of revenge porn, revenge shitting. I reckon is going to be the next thing. It's it's going to be entire, 2017 entire, entire is fucking websites. weird. Much smaller candidature and, and the popularity is questionable, but it will be a thing. It it's already a thing. a thing. It's already a thing. Thank so, you to it, the mad uh, pooper. Are there You know what? We're going to do a bit of research in the next week and uh and bring you uh a a current affairs segment next week. That is going to be called... Uh, Pooper Watch! <laughs> Mad Pooper Watch. Uh, no, we're not, because this segment is already way too much shit for our fucking show. Um, <laughs> ironically named that. So that is the end of the News. <laughs> Which brings us to uh, the people's favourite segment. Um, it's Asterisk. Is the, does the asterisk say verified? Verified by everyone. <laughs> Verified by everyone but Rick. Um, which uh, is One Star Reservoir. Cue music. You! I want to take you to a one star. I want to take you to a one star. I want to take you to a one star. One star Reservoir. Wow! Yeah. Yeah, Rick. I'm getting real, real annoyed because I reckon Poos in the News could be the old diamond in the rough. And if you don't think so, I'll revenge shit out the front of your house tomorrow. I'm so concerned because <laughs> you're here once a week. <laughs> it would be, and I eat nothing but Ajitas veggie deli crisps. Is it, have they checked whether the Mad Pooper uh, does a podcast with everybody in the neighbourhood <laughs> and happens to to coincide with a weekly shit? Um, yeah. All right. So one star reservoir. Um, Rick has gone through the internet and seen what he can find in the way of uh, one star reviews. Has found three of the most hilarious examples. Uh, where have you looked this week? Mate, it's a bit of a shotgun spray this oh. week. So it's it's from all different walks of life, from all different sorts of sites. Good. Want to get a really good cross-section of the weird units that are out there on the internet. You're a, di- you're a discerning reviewer. I am. Always have been. I am. It's, it's literally the thing that takes me the longest amount of time each time we do segments, each time I do segments, rather. 
Here's the first one. If for some reason I happen to be a time traveller from 1920, wearing a pinstripe suit, some wingtip shoes and a fedora, I would be amazed at the amenities here. There's a colour television. I don't even know what a television is, but holy cow. I can watch people in full colour on a box in my room and I can hear what they're saying. Apparently there's a thing called a remote that you use to switch through channels. (laughs) The one in my room doesn't seem to work, but wow, that's amazing. And there's this thing called an elevator, which moves you from floor to floor without stairs. Spectacular. I mean, for some reason, the fourth floor doesn't get a button because it apparently fell out. And the floor I'm on, you can't press the down button. It doesn't seem to work. You have to press the up button and just hope things work out. Other than that, I would feel completely at home. One-ply toilet paper? Check. No air conditioning? Check. The bathroom and shower not being in my room but down the hall and to be shared with everyone else? Check. (laughs) The thing is, I'm not an old-timey fellow with a time machine. I'm a 21st century fellow who expects a few things. Air conditioning in the summer would be nice. We called down to the desk to ask about it. They gave us a fan. What am I supposed to do? Put a bucket of ice in front of it like a hobo? We also... <laughs> I didn't realise that hobos had that level of ingenuity. <laughs> we also asked for extra pillows. Three requests and five hours later, we still haven't seen them. Also, the cable. It would be nice if over half the channels weren't static. All the electric outlets in the room were occupied with the in-house equipment. I had to charge my phone in the bathroom. (laughs) Which is down the hall. All in all, I wouldn't recommend this place to anyone, except maybe a time traveller from over 100 years in the past because they wouldn't know any better. And yeah, even then, I'd have get to, it, mate. And even then, I'd have to seriously dislike them to send them <laughs> to this hellhole. <laughs> it's I love how snarky you uh, are. If I was a, tra- if I would a cracker, <laughs> you, you when you're writing, yeah, it, I'm going to some fancy hotel down in that When when you're that rolled up to write to write a review, see, I think uh, that that guy has come off. In one of the few examples of One Star Reservoir where uh, the, the hotel is not bearing the full brunt uh, of, of our disdain, uh, I think the reviewer sounds like a huge cockhead, <laughs> like a gigantic one. And, uh, and, and it is one of those things, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, if, <laughs> may I, I approach I, the bench? <laughs> I, I, put, I put to you that the, the level of emotive language used in this review uh, reflects... Uh, a certain selfishness that does not necessarily present the facts. What a dick. Yeah, fuck that guy. Who needs a down button on their elevator, it's you pretentious a... fuck? Yeah, just get a better room on the eighth... Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's the second right, one? Right, so the second one, it's homegrown, about a homegrown attraction. It's about the Museum of Old and New Art in Hobart, Tasmania. Ah, Mona. Mona. Mona, a definite must-not-see... Disturbing. Oh, I see what he's done there. Looks like every kindergarten was raided for the so-called art pieces, except maybe for the never-ending wall of plaster-cast vaginas. Is this place raided for children? Disturbingly dark lighting with an eerie, morbid, continuous, unrelenting soundtrack. (laughs) Ridiculously jumbled layout with no signage nor sense of order or direction. Excessive entry charge. Easy to see why they let the locals in for free. They're obviously too smart to be conned like the mainlanders. (laughs) Husband now needs therapy. The Cascade Brewery is helping greatly. Oh, man. That's... What do you expect? Like, (laughs) if you hate art, don't go to a gallery. (laughs) 
I love people's review. There are so many reviews of people who are just like, this is art. Oh. <laughs> like every avant-garde museum, every museum has avant-garde art and people are just like, what is this? It's it's fantastic. And uh, and to people listening, when you're doing these, uh, you do come across a couple of staples every single week and they're things like people reviewing beaches for being too sandy and people review, people reviewing the Big Ben and being like, not that big, etc. And you're like, guys... Or, 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 as, or as good friend of the show, Dan Jones, wrote uh, a guy who gave a one-star review to a ski resort because skiing was too hard. <laughs> which, which, as you can tell us... Yeah, is fucking difficult as shit. <laughs> yeah, really hard. Skiing's great. Should always do it. Um, so it is one of those those things, though, where... That's the second one. That's the second out of two. Two out of two. 100% of this segment thus far, the reviewer sounds like a huge douchebag. Will this change with number three? No, it will not. Oh, good. This is a... Good trend. This is a review of Adelaide Oval. Went to the Strikers semi-final when they were beaten out of sight. Australians are sore losers if the bad grace on display on that occasion is anything to go by. Oh, this this is a review for the Oval. Yep. Oh, get fucked, mate. The security guard at the front gate appeared to be suffering from some terrible illness, which rendered him unable to communicate other than by grunting and using vague gestures. When I was finally allowed in and found my seat, I was surrounded by couples with young children using the opportunity to get beastly drunk on massively overpriced beer and wine, which was slopped onto them by uh, by insolent teenagers at the concession stands. To be fair, whoever this reviewer is, have you never, ever heard of the Big Bash? <laughs> <laughs> they are English. Uh, every, so often there would be, every so often there would be attempts to orchestrate various activities, making stupid noises or hand claps, and the whole experience was punctuated by quasi-fascist announcements demanding that patrons not say, do, or think anything not approved by management on pain of expulsion. Woohoo! It was like visiting a drunker, less friendly part of North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> Adelaide can be like that sometimes. It's t- topical. Well, yeah. al- always said. They don't Adelaide. like us Easterners. The North Korea of Australia. <laughs> yeah. We apologise to our South Australian listeners. <laughs> we appreciate your patronage. <laughs> and that is the train wreck. Uh, no, it's not the train wreck trophy. It's the one star reservoir, reservoir for this week, which means that we move on to the meteor portion of our proceedings tonight. It's the shit show spotlight, and Gus has gone away, and he's gone in depth. He's deep dived, deep diven doven. He's dip, <laughs> we, deep dove. Over this. We have deep you, dive. You've deep daved <laughs> into a historical shit show, which you're going to go over in detail in. And mate, what have you got for us this week, mate? Uh, I had to think think long and hard about whether this episode was the time to drop uh, this particular story. Yeah. Um. I was I was a little hesitant because uh we did a uh a food based one last week. Yep. But it's the time. Okay. It's the time to okay. do it. Okay. I'm taking you, my friend, to nineteen sixty eight. Okay. Bill Darden and Charlie Woodley, uh would be sorry, start a seafood restaurant called Red Lobster. Ah Red Lobster, my treat. So, so Red, Red Lobster, uh, for all our American listeners, obviously you're familiar. Uh, for the rest of the world, if you haven't heard of Red, Lo- Red Lobster, it is uh, a middle-of-the-road, uh, like, 
fancy fast, fancy fast food, yep. s- seafood restaurant. They kind of straddle a bunch of different uh, genres. Yeah, but yeah, seafood restaurant. Yep. Um, so first one opened in Lakeland, Florida, in 1968, and Darden chose Lakeland because he wished to see how a seafood restaurant would operate in a non-coastal region. Oh, so it's like inland in yeah. Florida. Yeah, right, it's like okay. uh, most innermost, the innermost city of Florida. Right. Uh, surprisingly, didn't pick Manatee County. Uh, <laughs> so it's right at the bottom of the shaft, is it? Yeah. yeah. Right, right in the middle there. It's, it's like uh, al- almost balls. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> initial Red Lobster franchise is applauded by diners and critics alike. Which is crazy. Yeah. Obviously, not a bunch of good shit happening food wise in, in, in 1968. No. Um, so the store became successful. By 1970, it expanded to three locations in the state with two more under construction, which is shitloads at that time while yep. everyone's jostling uh, for uh, both money and, uh, and market share. So yep. while locations were profitable, the company lacked the resources to expand further. Here's the kicker. Darden sold the company to food giant General Mills that year. Ah, uh, yep. Yep. Okay. Under General Mills' ownership, Red Lobster expands into a chain of almost 400 locations by 1985, Shit. which is going right through the roof. Good God. So, 1982, Darden Foods, uh, sorry, Darden, uh, Bill Darden opens the first Olive Garden concept store in Orlando. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Chain took off. By 1989, General Mills uh, had opened over 145 stores, making the chain the fastest growing unit, the company's restaurant holdings. So he invented Olive Garden as well? Yes. And he sold it to General Mills again? Yeah. So he becomes the the president of, of Red Lobster. Yeah. Um, he basically, as you, as you would expect, he, he fucking created, he created it. everything. Yeah. Um, they basically went to him. You, what do you want to do? You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, it's this, you. You made this company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is ironic because he did not make the the parent company that he sold them to, but they were just like, "You are the food guy. Yeah. You're you're our colonel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You, you can. You can, <laughs> we, we 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 kneel down at your feet. Yeah. Um, that's all good until. 1995, Bill Darden dies. Yeah. A couple of months later, General Mills decides to uh, rename itself Darden Restaurants. Right. In honour of Bill Darden. Okay. Huge fan. Yeah. Of which Red Lobster was its first and flagship yep. restaurant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, so all the stockholders, they just transfer everything over. Everybody yep. gets Darden shares instead of General Mills, etc. Yeah. General Mills is done. Okay. Darden restaurants is enormous. Yeah. Uh, 1995, they had $108 million of net profit. Ooh. So everything else sorted, $108 million takeaway for, yeah, for yep. shareholders. In the bank, yeah. Yeah. So let's go forward to 2002. Okay. Red Lobster, crazy profitable. Yeah, yeah. It's amazingly successful as a, as a restaurant chain. Yeah. Uh, their big challenge is to simply attract more customers who don't currently eat at Red Lobster. <laughs> that's, that's, that's when you know that you are dead set nailing it. Yeah. When your entire business model is more, <laughs> more other more. people. <laughs> and so uh, they just want to add other people to their existing, very loyal customer base. So enter... Was Edna Morris. Edna had a 
uh, history and food administration, been in charge of a steakhouse franchise for a couple of years. Yep. President. Uh, she had been working in operations for Red Lobster from 98. So she got it. Yep. She was appointed as president of Red Lobster in 2002 in a situation that's the uh, business equivalent of an alley-oop, basically. Like, <laughs> she just literally has to drive this incredibly awesome ship. Yeah, yeah. Just steer it. It's fine. Don't do anything massive. Just tweak it. <laughs> that's, that's all. Just the- stand there, breathe just enough to keep the circulation going. Yeah, yeah t- totally. And just... Yeah. Right Basically, this it. is an honorary position. Yeah. This thing drives itself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. When things are amazing, there's no reason to, uh, to start throwing hail Don't Marys, fuck obviously. with the formula. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't need to do anything massive. Yeah. That's, that's what they've said. Let the team do its thing. It's a well-oiled machine. Yeah. Yada, yada. Insert platitude. Um, so what does Edna do? She puts the entire house on red out of fucking nowhere. And everyone right. goes... Okay, uh, Edna, what are, what are your thoughts? She launches a promotional campaign. It was called the Endless Crab Promotion. Oh. And it offered patrons the ability to eat as many snow crab legs as they wanted for $20. Oh, okay, yeah. So if there's one thing that I would never, ever, ever do, Rick, and we've, all just, you can eat seafood. we've discussed this in the past, not, not just all-you-can-eat seafood, it's to bet against the fucking relentless ability of Americans to consume food. Oh, yeah, yeah. That is exactly what Edna Morris did. Yeah, the, the, the old Homer Simpson uh, it's episode. The, it's, it, it's almost exactly like that, isn't it? Mate, they made that episode in 1993. That's uh, un, uh, unbelievable. <laughs> you, you actually know that it was done in 1993 because oh, you looked it up, didn't you? Totally. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Anyway, so you're starting to get an idea of where this might go. Um, when the Endless Crab promotion launched, uh, Red Lobster were high-fiving each other uh, because restaurants and all their franchisees were as well. Yeah. Because the restaurants had queues out the door. Yeah. People were hyping this thing up. Everybody's yeah, yeah. excited. There's posters for it everywhere. There's newspaper ads, etc. People are getting tattoos of snow crab legs <laughs> on them. They are. They are trying. To, they're trying to figure out exactly what they're going to do with uh, with the body mass that they're going to have after <laughs> after all of this, etc. Um, hospitals are excited. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, this is a great time. So franchisees in excitement bring on extra staff. Uh, to meet, to meet the to meet, demand. To meet yeah. the demand, uh, everything is great and it's all very, very good. Yeah. So I want to quickly explain how snow crabs were harvested in 2003. Okay. Basically, the U.S. government put a quota on snow crabs, and in 1998, that cap was 256 million per year. Oh, that's wow! That's total. a lot. That that's is a lot, heaps though. of crabs. That is almost for the time. Surely, that's almost a crab per person. Uh, mate, unbelievable! Almost like, yeah. but, but, I mean, that, that's that's for the world. So yeah. that, that's not importing. That's as in like that's how that's the total supply for the world. Yeah. So oh. so uh, yeah, they're, they're they're Canadian snow crabs. So the U.S. government farms those uh, and harvests those waters. So Canada slash U.S. fisheries go two fifty six mil. Yeah. Uh, that cap was reduced to 176 million in 2002. Yeah. Uh, that's because everybody in the world got a taste for snow crabs in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, if you don't know what a snow crab is, it's the crabs with fuck off long legs. Yeah, yeah. Thus, the crabs with lots of meat in their legs. Yeah, yeah. 
So basically, they're being threatened with extinction, and mm-hmm. uh, the price is set at four dollars a pound right. when this promotion starts. Okay. So, is that is that expensive? Um, I don't do pounds. It, it is. It, it's it's expensive wholesale. That, that's wholesale. So oh, that, right. that is wholesale to the restaurant. And they're charging. 20 bucks. Um, um, 20 bucks for All a plate. So you're going, great. Ugh, what, okay. What's the chances of, of, of people eating more than the break-even? Turns out the break-even for this uh, was half a dozen crab legs. So that's, about... Uh, that's, not that, that's not that much, though. Like one and a half, like, like 1.2 pounds. Right, okay. Of crab. Okay, yeah. Uh, with all of their overheads built in and the rest of it. Yeah. Um, that's, that, they're like, yeah, that's, people aren't going to eat more than that. Yeah. Um, the only problem here is that this is the fattest country on earth. <laughs> People came in with a look in their eyes like their father had been taken by the sea. <laughs> and all they wanted was revenge. Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> so the average customer in this promotion ate two dozen crab's legs. Oh. Which is about five fucking pounds of crab. Fuck. Um. At $4 per pound wholesale, yeah. you're already at $20 wholesale. Yeah. At 20, 20 bucks wholesale. That's yeah. before you've got rent, before you've got wages, etc. Yeah. That is not good maths. Nope. That is very flawed. <laughs> makes Enron look like a fucking Swiss bank. <laughs> <laughs> fucking makes him look like Russell Crowe fucking <laughs> drawing on windows. Oh, like man. a fucking beautiful mind. It was, it was not a good outcome. Anyway, so the receipts start getting tallied after the first week and restaurants are doing all their reorders via their, via, uh, their parent camp, their, like the full Red Lobster yeah. uh, inventory system. Yeah. And the penny starts to drop. This is quickly becoming a crustacean Ponzi scam. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting out of hand real fucking quick. Yeah, totally. And so the issue is that Red Lobster HQ, or the SS Red Lobster, being uh, <laughs> captained by Edna Morris, <laughs> is saying full steam ahead, double the coal, <laughs> because they are convinced that all the, <laughs> all these new customers that are coming through the doors. Uh, will yield dividends soon. Um, all you've all you've got to do is make sure that you continue to have extra staff on, so that you can service the demand, uh, etc. Your loyal customers are the people who uh, who don't want the crabs, the crab special, yeah. the uh, the let's let's get knee deep in in legs special. Yeah. Uh, they're the ones that you that you're gonna you're gonna make all the all the money all off the money as well. Coming, yeah. And then these new people will come back, etc. Um, and their approach probably should have been, uh, fuck, we're probably going to end up on a podcast in 15 years' time for how <laughs> dumb this is. <laughs> so, so the issue with the new customers yeah. was that they cannibalised the old customers. Yeah. Not actually. That, no, but that, that, that makes complete sense. Because if, like, if I had a place that I really liked to go yeah. and then all of a sudden it's overrun by fuckwits, I'm going to be like, I'm not going there anymore. Oh, that's that point is is very salient. Yeah, uh, but that's actually not why they they cannibalise them. The reason right. they cannibalise them is because, um, as anyone who's ever eaten a crab or a lobster or uh, any crustacean before knows, yeah, extracting the meat is comically tedious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Add to this fact that people were approaching this promotion with an attitude of single handedly trying to wipe out an entire species. <laughs> And people were sitting there for fucking hours. Like, they're yeah. just... 
they, there were queues out the door. Yeah. For hours to get a table, yeah. and people are just like, "Fuck, I'm not waiting at Red Lobster." Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. Not, and that's the thing. Anyone yeah. who'd been there in the past, the loyal customers, looked at this and went, "Man, I'm not, I'm, I'm not no, queuing no, for no, Red Lobster." Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. like, and and that's the thing. The people who were queuing were the ones who went, "Oh, wait till I get in there. I am going to <laughs> mouth fuck all of these crabs." <laughs> I cannot wait to eat my own body weight in crab. crab, So, yeah, they're just stewing. So, it's a perfect store for Red Lobster. So, basically... Another great sea reference. (laughs) Oh, totally. Um, But all the people who had consistently made Red Lobster money for 35 fucking years pissed off. Pissed off, yeah. And were replaced by the people who... They've all gone to Long John Silver's. Totally. Yeah. They've gone to a fish market and they're eating at home. They're done. Yeah, they're, ne- they're never going to look Red fucking, Lobster again. They've, they've checked out. Yeah. yeah. Whereas the people who were consuming <laughs> mounds of crab was, as soon as this promotion was over, we're going to vanish like Kaiser Sose and the usual suspects. Like, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. never coming back again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever. So, to for add... A, for a good time, not a long time. Yeah. To add insult to injury, while Edna Morris is defiantly... Uh, looking in the face of these early losses like a fat kid with a participation ribbon <laughs> after <laughs> Athletics Carnival. Um, you, you wonder where this fucking thing is, uh, is going to go. Yeah. It turns out that the next thing to give is the fact that the cost of snow crab legs is going through the roof, baby. Yep, yep. Because supply, demand, yep. prices squeezed, yep. and up they go. Yep. So the wholesale price was going up by 10% a week. So it went from oh. 4 bucks to 4.50 to $5 a pound. And the American Midwest tried to entirely consume crabs. Yeah. Like just wipe another species off the face of the planet. Yeah. One mouthful at a time and yeah. they're going for it. Uh, so Edna's light bulb idea is to add 5 bucks to the total promotion. No. Not pull it. No. Add $5 per entire sitting. Yeah. To the thing. Yeah. Which has one of the... And this is after four weeks yeah. of copping losses. Yeah. Which has one of the most incredibly humorous reactions from every single person that sat down from there on. The uh, the stats went from people consuming two dozen crabs to three dozen crabs oh. per person. <laughs> <laughs> so not... not <laughs> Not only had the $5 been immediately absorbed, but they were making more losses. (laughs) Because not only were they eating more crabs, and and, and, fat bucks are like just determined. Far beyond. Far beyond the extra five bucks. But the time that it took to eat another dozen crabs per person was another hour and a half. So these people are now at an they're sitting down at Red Lobster during the endless crab promotion for an average of four fucking hours. Oh my in a god! Fast food restaurant. That's Fuck. obscene. So they're sitting down for one and a half Lord of the Rings movies, mate. Just inhaling crab. Just yeah, they are. They're, that is fucking <laughs> they unreal. Are, they are hoovering crab. Uh, all right. So the loss of camp compounding at a stupidly fast rate, and um, and basically once the dust settles. After seven weeks, finally, Edna goes, guys, enough is enough. Stop this lunacy. I don't know what you guys were, were on about. Yeah. It's uh, not my idea. <laughs> were they all like, it was your idea. It was your idea. <laughs> uh, they've, they've turned for the quarter <laughs> for their parent company. Yeah. They, they have turned 
a massive profit into a $3.3 million net loss. Oh, so from, 108 mil profit to... So this this then, yes, correct. Uh, this then, uh, a, it sort of turns into a, uh, into a landslide effect because it freaks all the of the shareholders, yeah, shareholders and investors yeah, yeah. of Darden out. Yeah. Um, and they wipe $405 million off Darden's company worth. Oh, that is massive. In seven weeks. Oh, fuck. Like, it's insane. So, as a result, uh, in a move that surprises fucking nobody, Edna yeah. Morris is no longer the president. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, a decade later, Darden, company named after the founder of Red Lobster... Decides enough is enough. Go back to General Mills. And they sell Red Lobster, their flagship store, to Golden Gate Capital in 2014 as it never properly recovered from the endless crap promotion. Fuck. So it actually it actually sunk the company. Uh yeah. So so there's and, I mean as they knew it. There's still a heap of red lobsters in the States. Hundred oh, percent, yeah. But they, I've eaten at a red lobster. Their, yeah. Their growth rate was Insane, just through the roof. Yeah, yeah. it was it, it was mental. They were growing faster than any other um, casual dining uh, restaurant yeah. in America. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they were closing stores, and they were closing twelve stores, and they were closing fifty stores, and closing a hundred stores. It's like mental. Shit. So they've they've continued to be in business, and uh, you'd remember them recently from uh, Beyonce, including a reference to Red Lobster um, in the song Formation, where where she goes. Uh, I think the lyric is, fuck me so good, take him to Red Lobster. Um, and so everyone on Twitter's waiting for Red Lobster to make a, make a comment and going, this is, this is guys, this is fucking like there. It's yeah. so easy. All yeah. you've got to do is tweet. Pick up, pick up is, is, is tweet yeah. something that doesn't totally suck. And after a week, they tweet uh, because they have a product um, called Cheddar Bay, B-A-Y, uh, and uh, it's oh, like it's like, it's like no. bread, and, and they're like, maybe we should name it Cheddar Bay, spelled B E Y, like Beyonce, Ugh. and and they get molested by the internet. <laughs> <laughs> like pe- people are just they're gifing and oh, memeing, and no. Red Lobster's obviously run by a forty-five-year-old w- woman who <laughs> is actually a, a PA and was like, oh, yeah, I'll do the internet. Yeah, it's like, oh, dude, <laughs> I'll do the internet. <laughs> you yeah. just you just got fucked. Yeah. Um. Anyway. So Edna Morris, yeah. In doing all the research for this, I find uh, an an interview that I'm very very positive uh, she paid for, but yeah. it's on like business uh, the the restaurant business insider or like it's like a, a trade it's, rag. It's a trade rag. Yeah. Here is a, here is a quote. So bearing in mind, she was single handedly responsible for the decision yeah. that led to four hundred and five million being wiped off yeah. a, uh, a a stock listed company. Yeah. So that led her to appointment as president of Red, Red Lobster in two thousand and two at a critical time for the chain. It was a turn of events that Morris recalls as an invaluable learning experience, but one tinged with anger. The brand had drifted out of alignment with the times because it had been so successful for so many years. What the fuck? So it needed a so bit of a touch-up. <laughs> we just and needed to bring it back down to earth to the tune of 405 mil. It was what we'd call seven to eight times too, too successful. Um, <laughs> Morris was charged with snapping it back into line. Despite, <laughs> if anything, it was too successful. 
Despite the chain's size and age, the correction didn't come fast enough for Darden's brass. They suggested Morris take another post at the company and let someone else have a crack at Red Lobster. She declined and they parted company. Quote, I'm still angry that they didn't give me enough time to make it happen, she says. Seven weeks, bitch. <laughs> you literally led the most, the most retort. retort <laughs> <laughs> you are just so angry right now. I'm, I'm furious. I've been reading about this all day. <laughs> the most ridiculous promotional campaign yeah. in the history of marketing. Yeah. You you cannot turn around and say anything apart from yeah this is my bad yeah <laughs> like they, they could have given this. me more of it. Th- this is exactly why three months probation exists. Totally, mate. Anyway, so uh, that is the story, my friend, of the endless crab uh, uh, promotion that basically sunk Red Lobster as uh, Americans knew it in the early two thousands and wiped four hundred million dollars off its parent company. Oh, God, mate, that is fucked. Well done. Uh, that wraps up another edition of the shit show story time for another week, which means that we go on to our little spiel about how to get in contact with us, which mm-hmm. you guys are getting criminally good at. If you want to get in touch with us, send us a message through our Facebook page with shit show. We put up uh, content every week on our Twitter feed, which relates to the stuff that we cover off in the cast and even stuff that doesn't make it to the cast. We are at shitshowcast. How many times can I say cast in this sentence? Cast. So after that, <laughs> after that, you can actually go on to uh, our website, shitshow.com.au. Uh, it's a bit of a, Bit of a work of progress, but we're getting there. And we're going to be putting stuff up uh, during the week so that you can kind of access the access the podcast, access all kinds of content and stuff like that, which will be great. And I think that's about it, if I'm not mistaken. No, it's not, because iTunes. iTunes. iTunes, what you should do is you should head over to iTunes. And we made this plainly clear last week. It's shit show, all one word, exclamation point, instead of the I subscribe, Mm. leave us a five-star review there. Not Facebook. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We're not forcing you to do a five-star review on iTunes. You have a conscience. You can do whatever you want. (laughs) Give us five stars. (laughs) Look, all we're saying is do the right thing. If you don't want to get threatening messages like I send Gus to the tune of I will fucking cut you, (laughs) leave us a (laughs) five-star iTunes review. Or if that's your thing, then send us a message and uh, and, uh, do a five-star review on iTunes and Rig will send you a personalised insult. (laughs) (laughs) That's us for another week. Thanks so much, guys. We'll see you next week. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-